Yo, 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 yo. Ooh, excuse me. What's up, everybody? You should go Rose Gold. Listen, this is not an episode of Heartbreak Hill Podcast. This is actually a uh, special, if that's what you want to call it. This is a, 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 a weeknight special, because usually we don't do this. But um, I had to make time and come and speak tonight in regards to Black History Month. Now, today is the last day of Black History Month. And people always complain and say we have the shortest month of the year and this and that, which in our reality, I guess we do. But there's also something very, very spectacular about this month because it marks a point in time in society and history where the whole entire United States no matter how you feel about Black people, you are forced in the month of February to acknowledge the contributions, the additions, uh, the flavor, the zazz, the everything that Black people have given our society, right? That's what this month is all about. So had to take special time just to acknowledge Black people as a whole, whether you're African whether you are from Philadelphia, whether you live in Canada, if your skin is black or any shade of black, we celebrate you this month and we thank you for everything that you've done. On another note, on a more uh, zoomed in note, I want to take a special moment to acknowledge African-American men and women. And before anybody goes there, I'll go ahead and say that I know that Black is black. And before we were anything else, we were African. That's a quote I got from Burner Boy Mama. You don't know who that is, Google him. But um, she said that, and this is very, very true. Before we were anything else, we were African, right? This is very true. But I want to take the time to specifically acknowledge African-Americans who were brought to this country um, against their free will who were brought to this country on slave ships. My ancestors were brought here on slave ships. Um, any black person that you see that's African-American that was born and raised, you know, here in the United States, they were not, he they we're not here by, by, by choice. We're not here um, because we want to be. So I want to take a special moment to acknowledge African-Americans in this country. And in doing so, I brought a document along with me that I had to share along with you guys because it proves some very important things, not just about Black people, but it gives a little bit of background of who and exactly what we are. So in my hand, I have right here a document. And what it is, is it is in an African-American history timeline. Now I'm going to show this briefly and then I'm going to describe it. I'm not going to be here long. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Can y'all see that? Hope you can. Instagram, I hope you can see this. So just the timeline, okay? The first cargo ship landed in the United States in 1619. That was the first cargo ship that had slaves on it, okay? These are slaves from West Africa that were kidnapped, taken on a boat and brought here. 1619 is the first time that that happened. Okay. Now, I was always taught 
especially when I walked away from the church, that the reason why black people believe in Jesus Christ is because the slave owners uh, use slavery to control slaves. Okay. And I was also told that prior to um, white people landing in Africa, um, that there was no mention of Jesus Christ, that that was an unknown thing to that land. And uh, when I did my research on this timeline here, 1619 was the year that the first cargo ship landed in the United States of America full of African slaves. So if that theory is true, that Black people knew nothing about Jesus before white men came about, then that would mean in 1619 that there was no Bibles, there was no mention of Jesus Christ. Because remember, the white man is what brought Christianity to Africa. So that would mean prior to 1619, there should be no record of any Bibles. There should be no Old and New Testament, by the way. There should be no records of Jesus Christ on written scribes. There should be no churches. There should be none of that in Africa prior to 1619. If white people, slave masters, are truly the reasons why Christianity was spread through Africa. And I challenge anybody watching this live right now to look up Christianity in Africa prior to 1619. And you will see for yourself, and I'm not talking about, you don't even have to look, read the Bible for this. This is just basic history. This is like National Geographic archaeology level. Look up 1619 and tell me if you have any record of Christianity in Africa prior to 1619. And the answer will be yes. And the reason why the answer will be yes, and you can go ahead and do your research as I have done, because I still don't know it all. I just know about this here. I just know what I'm talking about in terms of African slaves not knowing anything about Jesus Christ except for the slave master. That is false. This here I know what I'm talking about. I don't know everything, but this here I know what I'm talking about. Prior to 1619, there should be no mention of anything Christianity related or anything related to Jesus prior to 1619. Because 1619 is when the white men started to bring Africans over here. That's false information. You can Google it and you will see. You can look anywhere. You will see that there were churches. There were Bibles. There were followers of Jesus Christ in Africa prior to 1619. Do you know why that is? The reason why that is is because Jesus Christ walked Africa way before any white man. When white men were still living in the Caucasus Mountains, the gospel was being spread over Africa. Before the Moors went and saved the Europeans from themselves, Christianity was being spread. The Bible was already being talked about and recorded and being told and retold and things of that nature. Now, you could talk about there being different translations of the Bible all you want. Because that is true. There are different versions of the Bible everywhere. Different languages. They use different verbiages. Some of the stories. But one thing you can be true about all the Bibles, if they're real Bibles, is that Jesus Christ was not a man. He was one third of the Trinity, which is God, the Holy Spirit, and God in human form, which is Christ. Christians do not serve a man because Jesus Christ was not a man. There's no man that you can tell me that died 
came back, walked the earth, and then went to heaven. If you look in the Bible, there are plenty of people who came back from the dead. It wasn't just Christ that did that. There are people who didn't experience death, but nobody. And I mean nobody in my money long voice. Nobody died, came back, walked, spoke to people, and went to heaven. Nobody did that. Man can't do that. And if you really, really, really want to know your history, you could go through the Old Testament and you'll see what God did send prophets before Jesus Christ to try to get it done right. But God being who he is, he said, if I can't do it right, let me do it myself. And that's how Christ came out. People get caught up because we call Jesus Christ the son of man. And when they get caught up, well, if he's the son, then he must be human. No. Son is used in term as extension of myself. Prior to 1619, if what we're saying that white people bought Christianity to Africa is true, then there should be no mention of churches. There should be no mentions of Christianity prior to 1619 in Africa. I'm not here to convert anybody. I'm not here to force a relationship with Jesus Christ down anybody's throat. That's not what I'm here for because people tried to do that to me and all it did was make me become Muslim and a black Israelite and everything else. But I'm telling you here, don't let people tell you that Christianity is a white man's religion and that it was forced on us and it was used to control us. Do you know what they used to control black people from 1619, from the time we came into this country to, to now? They, they controlled us by white raping our women and raping our children. They controlled us by taking our men and raping him in front of large crowds of other black people. The degradation, the slave sister in America is the most inhumane of all other slaveries in other parts of the world. It's the only system of slavery that had dehumanization as part of its tactics. All the other slave and genocides that you see throughout the world, it was based just strictly on hate. But this here, what we experienced in America, dehumanizing from the start of it, the whole structure of it. Read a read a Willie Lynch letter and you'll see what I mean. So just wanted to, first of all, get a count that Jesus Christ walked Africa while the white man still lived in a cave. So don't let anybody tell you that the reason why black people believe in Christianity is because the white man brought it to Africa. That is a lie. I have it here. You don't have to believe this. This is by Dr. Earl F. Miller Sr. You don't have to believe it, but look it up for yourself. The first cargo ship, the first whatever, came 1619. Second thing I want to tell you about this here roadmap, African-American history timeline, is that after 1619, slavery went on for 244 years. After that, there was another 101 years of segregation, laws that kept Black people purposely institutionalized. So that's about 345 years where Black people have been enslaved and they were dehumanized and humiliated and beat down. So really and truly, Black people have only really been free for the last, we'll say about 60 years. Now, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because time and time again, you will hear and you will see people saying negative things about black people. 
Why can't our men stay with our families? Why can't black women keep their legs closed? Why are black people always complaining about being broke? Why are black people always complaining about a racist system? Well, I want everyone listening to know that black people have only been free, really and truly free for about 60 years. And in that time span of us being free for about 60 years, we have been forced to relearn and remake a system that was never designed for us in the first place. So when I hear other races and I hear other cultures, because sometimes it's not always the white man that's tearing black people down, African-Americans. Sometimes it's our African brothers and sisters. Sometimes it's our Hispanic brothers and sisters that have so much to say about black people and the way that we do things and how loud we are and how we're criminals. and we're this and that. Black people have been free for 60 years. This is including segregation of 101 years and slavery for 244 years. And look what we have accomplished. Look at what black boys and girls have been able to do in a span of 60 years. When the civil rights movement happened in 1964, that is when black people were finally able to drink at the white man's water fountain. I have a grandmother that's 70. So that means that by the time she was 10, she was living during this. And in 60 years of us being free from slavery and Jim Crow, 60 years only, look at what we have accomplished. Look at what the black man has been able to do with his mind and his body and his intelligence. Look at what the black woman has been able to accomplish with her integrity and with her body and with her intelligence as well. Just look at what black people have come. This is a group of people, African-Americans I'm talking about, just specifically African-Americans. This is a group of people have been taken from their language, have been taken from their identity, their fathers put in jail through the 101 years of segregation and the slavery mentality for 244 years before that they broke our homes, they broke our language, they broke our economic system. And black people, African-American people are still here. And not only are African-Americans still here, we're thriving. Now you may live in Minnesota like me where you don't really see that many black successful people. Get out more. See, it's easy to judge black people when you live in places where they may not be well behaved or where they may not be uh, uh, respectful or they may not be successful, but travel more. Black people are doing great things and it's more than playing basketball. It's more than sports and it's more than entertainment. Black people are some of the most brilliant people walking the earth today. So I just want to encourage you. Pro-black does not mean anti-white. When I say that black lives matter, that does not mean that white lives don't matter. It just means that because of a racist system of 244 years of slavery and 101 years of segregation, black boys, unarmed black boys and black women, unarmed black women's lives are being taken still as if we still live in those times. So sometimes we have to remind you that black lives do indeed matter. So I challenge everybody today and for the rest of the year, you may be a white person or a person out of color listening to this and you may be tired of hearing and you may say, I'm not racist. So what responsibility of us is mine? You have racist friends. You have racist family. And they may say racist things about Black people, and it may be your responsibility, your job, to say no. This is a race of people that have only been systematically free for less than 70 years. And look at what they have been able to do. That is your duty 
if you are a person not of color listening to this, that's what your duty is. And if you are a person that is black, you are African-American. God could have made you anything else. He could have made you white. He could have made you Hispanic. He could have made you Chinese. He could have made you Japanese. But he made you black. He made you African-American. And he made you and live in a country that didn't want you to do nothing but work for free for the rest of your life. And look at us now. I ain't worked a day. I ain't worked for free. In a vi- I don't think I've ever worked for free. I ain't never worked for free. And you don't have to either. Another thing I just want to mention, I don't know why I feel driven to mention this. Yes, I do. The Holy Spirit is real. People are saying a lot of times that they want to pray and they want to awaken their ancestors. I heard someone say that black people should awaken their ancestors and black people should speak to their ancestors. Let me tell you something about your ancestors that you should know. Your ancestors did their part already. Let me just say that again for those of you who are listening. Your ancestors already have done their part when they died and when they had their children snatched from them and when they had to wreck a tear and they had to do things in order to survive and they had to work their hands and their fingers to the bone and they had to be thrown and cuffed and shackled and raped and murdered and killed for nothing. Your ancestors have done their part. Calling and reawakening ancestors for whatever power you think is bringing you You are being fooled and bamboozled. Not that your ancestors are not real. But whatever you think you're awakening and calling when you're going to your ancestors for advice, it's being done in vain. Why? Because your ancestors are at rest. They've already done their part. Your ancestors have already given you what you need in order to be successful. If guidance and direction is what you need, baby, call on the Trinity. It's what's got me thus far. And when I say Trinity, y'all know what I'm talking about, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, look, I told y'all at the beginning, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, so I don't want to keep you. Wednesdays at 7 p.m., Heartbreak Hill Podcast is now on Channel 17. If you're in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, please tune in to us. If you're not, we're on all podcast platforms weekly, Heartbreak Hill Podcast. I love you all, and remember, all love, no judgment. Thank you so much for tuning in to Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Our mission here is to use multimedia channels to break generational curses in our thought process. Our motto here is breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Please note that our entire production is brought forth by listeners and viewers just like you. Thank you. If you'd like to support the show, please visit our website at heartbreakhillpodcast.com.